I don't know if this is actually working out. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So how do you know when it's time to leave a relationship? Do you know we're all fundamentally very irritating, so we're going to get on each other's tits and we need to know how to communicate about that. Am I prepared to put in the effort? Because so many people are like, I will stay in this relationship if my partner does X, Y and Z. I'm like, great, what are you prepared to do? It's very easy to blame other people, but it's much harder to say, what am I prepared to do to make this work? Our pleasure activist, relationships counsellor and sexologist Tanya Coons joins us for Let's Talk About Sex. Welcome. Hey, Bridie. I've bought my very best dulcet tones today. Mardi, <clears throat> Mardi Gras is paying off in <laughs> dividends. I think this is the post-Mardi Gras voice. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're all feeling a little bit that way. The mm. week-long come down. <laughs> today, I want to talk about breaking up and one of the hardest questions I think you'll ever have to face in a relationship, when to know how like how to tell if if it's time to break up mm. a lot of the time you get to you get into a rough patch in a relationship or see, someone you're seeing and you think oh it's bad but is it so bad that i'm willing to throw the relationship in the bin sort out all our stuff and decide what's yours what's mine <laughs> say goodbye to all of our mutual friends and our family like they, it's a huge decision mm, it's life changing it scares a lot of people out of breaking up because you don't have a clear indicator of no, th- that has crossed the line. Ah. So today we want to talk a little bit about where you can, how you can draw your boundaries, how you can know what you want, and then you can decide whether or not something is or isn't working. Yes. Um, so let's start with people in their 20-somethings. Do yeah. you see a lot of people as a relationships counsellor around this age, between 20 and 30, yeah. that are going through this long-term relationship struggle where they're not sure if they want to break out, break up. Mm, I do, actually. And people people think that's kind of odd. It's like, oh, shouldn't people in their 20s be sort of all happy and lovey and sexy? But, you know, if you've been together for a long time, any couple, any age, things can get a bit stale. And I think we buy into the, the romantic relate, uh, notions that everything should be easy and everything should be spontaneous in a relationship. Right, So um, it's not like that. When we first get together with somebody, we have these lovely hormones that come into the body that uh, help help us. They're hard, we're hardwired to find a mate, right? So these hormones help us. So lots of things happen during that time. Um, it's very easy to find the other person interesting and we're interested. There's a lot of spontaneous sex and the pleasure centre of the brain takes over and starts running the show. So it's a really good time. It's that whole falling in love stuff. And for know. people who met in high school when they were teenagers, mm. it's it's crazy that amount of feeling when you're that yeah. young. Yeah, it's thinking. very intense, isn't it? Oh, it's very intense a lot of the time, but yeah, especially when it's the first time, it's really, really lovely and awesome. And people don't realise that when those hormones go away, which they do after about six or 24 months, then... Um, then um, we're we're in a long-term relationship. And people, I think, know to work at their communication side, but they don't know about working at the intimacy side. So we keep expecting things to be like they are in the movies, and they're not. We need to put a bit of effort in there. I recently have uh, seen uh, some mates of mine in their young 20s live together, both working full-time, seem like a perfect couple, lots of yeah. similar hobbies. And they've recently told us that they've broken up, and it's ha- happened a couple of times, and, and now it's for real and you're just looking from the outside thinking 
You're a perfect couple. Yeah. What what could possibly be going wrong? What happened there? I yeah. wonder if there's a bit of a, a, a stigma and shame around relationships not going well and an inability for people to reach out to their mates and be like, oh, hey, you know, we're all friends here, but me and this person aren't getting along so well. Yeah, especially if you're sort of like um, a known couple in your group. Oh, my goodness, it's very hard to talk to people about things not going well or seem, you know, cracks cracks in the wall there. But I think it's really important that we do because often we find the problems that we have, other people have too, which is really grounding. It's like, oh, my God, you mean you have that in your relationship too? That's super helpful for me to know. I thought I was a freak feeling like this, right? So that stuff is useful. And, yeah, I think often people, when they're thinking about breaking up, the first thought they have is what will everyone think? That should actually be the last thing on the list that you have to deal with, right? First it is about what is my heart thinking and what do I need from a relationship? And I'll often get people to do this, is to write a list of what do you want to get out of being in a relationship. So not I want Johnny to do more of this or Jane to do less of that. But actually just insert perfect person here. These things would be the payoff for me to be in a relationship at all. But isn't that hard sitting down and writing out what you want in another person? I feel like I would feel a little bit like, oh, oh it's nobody's in, perfect. It's not in another person though. This is what I would like if I'm going to put in the effort to be in a relationship, right? So I'm putting in stuff like I'm going to make time, I'm going to be thoughtful, I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to try and get to know you. All the things that we put in needs to have a payoff for us. So what are those payoffs? Can we get yeah. a, an example from your list of payoffs? Yeah. When it, looking at it, entering a relationship, what do you want as a payoff? Um, are you talking to me personally? Personally, just to give an example of uh, someone with experience. Oh, um, uh, so I need to feel important. That's a very big important thing for me. So if you don't make me feel important, I'm not going to feel very happy. Uh, quality time. I like um, some shared interests. I need intellectual stimulation. Um, a lot of people want, you know, freedom. Uh, I, I like that too, actually. Um, they want financial security. They want a dog. They want children. They want holidays. Holidays is another one for me. There's a lot of things, right? So we're so, thinking about it that way. When I think about individual, then I'm thinking, you know, I need somebody who's kind and who's generous, someone who's curious, someone who's got some sort of smarts. They don't have to be, you know, intellectually smart or grammatically correct, but they need to you know, tickle my grey cells in some way. So if I'm thinking about it like that, um, that's quite broad. You know, a lot of people can slide into that, but not everyone. So these are great lists to write while you're single, while you're not in a relationship. So the next time you're thinking about entering, you can kind of hold this list up next to someone and say, is this someone who <laughs> is kind, generous, is yeah. going to want to take me on holidays, is going to make me feel important or not and make those decisions before yeah. it gets too late. But if you're in a relationship and you've never made this list before. It's a good idea to do it still. I get couples to do that all the time because then it's kind of like we can write it in perspex and map it over what they have and we see how many ticks we've got. Now, I don't expect you to have a hundred percent ticks nobody gets a hundred percent of what they want I think if you're 70 75 percent there you're doing really well but you're also going to work out from this some deal breakers right so a lot of people come and see me about sex because it's a deal breaker for them if it's not going so well then they're like I love this person but I don't think that I can live in a relationship without the kind of sex that I want or without sex on the agenda so we talk about that and what might be happening or not happening um, the same can be about how we communicate, you know, and definitely need good communication skills. If that's not happening and people are feeling not great, what happens? You tend to sort of snap at each other and contempt comes in. Once we get contempt in there, things are not going very well, right? 
Tony Kunes joins me for Let's Talk About Sex on Mornings. We're looking at when you know it's time to break up. How can you tell? It's not just another rough patch. It's actually time to call it quits. And we're going to be answering that question throughout this chat. But we'd love to hear from you. Yes. If you've ever been in this position or maybe you're in it right now, you feel like, oh, there's this, but there's this. It's a great opportunity to get in touch and get advice from a relationships counsellor. Text us on 0409 945-945 and you can rem- remain anonymous if you want. We'll go to a track now because we're talking about breaking up. This song is called Exit <laughs> and it's by Bola Money. We'll be back after this. Language warning. If the drop don't hit then bitch I'ma spit like trouble for giving the minimum fuck exiting out of the scene that's a cut FBI 94.5, that was Exit. Bridie with you on mornings. Let's talk about sex with Tanya Coons right now. When is it time to call it quits on a relationship? When is it time to break up? What are the red flags? When is it time to seek outside help? And does opening the relationship or taking a break help or hinder these problems? Tanya, sometimes it feels like the rough patch is taking a long time. You're thinking, is this a rough patch or am I just not attracted to this person anymore? So that can be a really hard thing to, yeah. to go through when you've been seeing someone for so long. How can you begin to tackle this problem when it is so close to home for you? Well, first of all, are you doing anything about the rough patch? Because I think a lot of people just kind of hunker down and hope that it passes. But if there's a problem there, and there often are problems in relationships, which is completely and utterly normal. I think I spend half of my day saying to people in relationships, do you know we're all fundamentally very irritating, so we're (laughs) going to get on each other's tits, and we need to know how to communicate about that. So are you talking about the things that are bothering you? But how can you tell someone they're annoying you? Or like this particular thing that you do? (laughs) that you don't even realise. It reminds me of an ex-boyfriend. It's this annoying thing. It's like, that's not their fault. They're just... Yeah, it's not. But you you can sort of say, hey, listen, you know, when you talk all the time when I'm watching MasterChef, that's not really floating my boat. That that sort of thing. And it's like, you know, how about we make a time to talk before that so that, you know, I I feel like I'm giving you lots of attention. So you're solving whatever the problem is. Uh, It's not like, don't do that. It's like, oh, if you're doing that, does that mean you need to chat? Or does that mean you really don't want me to watch MasterChef? Like, what's that? Mm. Um, And try and get to the bottom of it. Um, When you're having a rough patch, you can also, like, check in and see if your friends are noticing things. So this is that sanity check. And I know friends will never, or they shouldn't want to say break up with that person. Mm. Um, But they can sort of say, well, you haven't looked happy for a while. You know, or whenever you two go out, you don't talk to each other. Or, you know, they, they notice a lot of things before we do because we're in it. Yeah, um, I, I feel like there's been so many times I've wanted to tell a friend, break up with that person, <laughs> but you just don't feel like it's your job to say. No, it's not, but you can always ask questions. It's never my job to say either. Sometimes people come and see me to break up. They say, should we break up? Yeah, but I'm, I'm sort of like, well, I can't, I'm not the arbiter of that. I can't tell you that, but I can ask you a lot of questions designed to get you to come to your own conclusions. Yeah, and which I will and do. Sometimes people come and see me because they want to break up in a safe environment, which is a little hair-raising, but it happens and then, you know, we can deal with it with a lot of love and kindness. Can we look at some of these questions you get people to ask themselves? And if anyone's listening right now who's not sure if they should break up, they can maybe have a couple of questions to start thinking about. Yeah, uh, well, one of them is what's the payoff for staying in this relationship, right? What? Why, why are you here? It's a really... It stops people in their trap because often they're like, 
I don't know. I just fell in love with someone and here we are. Yeah, or I really want to have a a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Excellent. Is it this boyfriend or girlfriend? Um, Well, how's your communication? You know, like often people come and see me about sex, but if they're not able to communicate, we have to do the foreplay for sex therapy, which is look at their communication. Because if you can't talk to each other well, how on earth can you have the really difficult conversations about sexy times? Mm. So there's a lot of things um, and there's like, what do you have the same values? You know, what what do you like to do together? How much time are you making for each other? Breaking up. It is a tough one. It is a tough question. And you just, sometimes you feel like you just don't have, you, you want to ask someone, should I break up with this person? Yes. Uh, We've talked a little bit about opening up relationships before and I have heard people say you should never try and open a relationship, that is, bring in other people into the equation if you're going through a rough patch. Yeah, I totally agree with that, actually. I've seen a lot of people say, let's try Polly, and it's kind of been a segue into both of them very nicely moving into other relationships. Drifting away. Yeah, and they've done it nicely, but I think you need to be honest with yourself. Um, because if there are problems and maybe one person might be feeling the problems more acutely than the other or the person who's suggesting opening up the relationship isn't quite aware that the, maybe the poking behind that is because they're not happy with the relationship, it can cause a lot of damage. I mean, I coach a lot of people to um, have open relationships and poly and, and talk about what you need to do and how you need to do it. But you need to be secure and you need to trust your partner. You need to be very solid and then you need to be able to talk about the, the terms and conditions like how are we opening the relationship what does that mean how are we going to do it because there's many 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 different ways and we have a whole uh, podcast episode on polyamory and all this sort of thing so you can check that out out. it's way back in the early days i think episode three or four let's talk about sex on your podcast up what about taking a break this is a this is Uh, a popular one maybe we should just take a break what does this do for a relationship that's maybe a little bit in the toilet Uh, well (laughs) i think sometimes if if things are so stressful like you're so annoyed by each other and you can't come back from arguments and you need a bit of time and space to think because your head's so full of being upset and angry with them taking a break can be good but you need to define what that is you know i keep going back to the ross and rachel in friends situation where he's like we were on a break what does the break mean right does it mean that we're taking time because we want to um, get some time to collect our thoughts does it mean that we're taking time because we want to go out and flirt with or sleep with other people what is that are we going to be in contact contact while we have a break um, are we going to uh, how long is it for you know like really talk to each other about what this means and then keep checking in and coming back to each other does the break pose as much of a danger to the relationship as opening it up when things are troubled well I think if you involve other people it always will yeah, um, because there is a risk there. No matter how sound you are, sometimes people think or feel like they've fallen in love with someone and they have to go over there. I'm always like, you have the capacity to love many people at once. Careful, you know, you might be all excited by new relationship energy rather than looking at what you have and you're then comparing apples and oranges. So you really want to go into these things with open eyes and a clear head which most people don't Mm. Um, if you're on a break it's very not like that you know you go find solace in somebody else's arms what about if you're on a break that isn't inviting more people having a a monogamous break from each other great so then it's like all right so uh, let's think about what it is so I'd be asking people to think about what it is that you want out of being in a relationship what's the payoff for staying 
Is this person someone that I can spend more time with? Am I prepared to put in the effort? Because so many people are like, I will stay in this relationship if my partner does X, Y, and Z. I'm like, great. What are you prepared to do? And they're like, oh, well, you know, if they do this, then it'll all be good. And I'm like, yeah, but what are you prepared to do? (laughs) Right? A lot of people, it's very easy to blame other people. Very easy. But it's much harder to say, what am I prepared to do to make this work? And it's a very important question to answer. Here's a question that you might ask. Do you miss me? It's a song name by Becky and the Birds. Beautiful. Talking about when to know to break up on Let's Talk About Sex on Mornings. Becky and the birds, do you miss me? Something you might ask yourself after taking a bit of a break from a relationship. Today, Tanya Coons joins me for Let's Talk About Sex. We're discussing when you should call it quits with a relationship. And people have gone through a lot, it seems, by the texts we're getting. And they still are trying to make these relationships work. And I'm I'm sort of blown away by this text. This person's been with someone for 10 years. They're married. And for the first eight years... She, they felt like he was bullying them and he's now apologised, gradually turned his behaviour around. But the texter says that they're finding it hard to trust him and not resent him for eight years of not being a very nice person. They say, I want to though because I still love him and I want to make it work. How can I feel like I can trust him again? Oh, that's a that's a very big question, isn't it? Um, so it took the it took the texter eight years to be able to confront their partner. Mm. Yeah, that's that's such a difficult thing. I mean, good on you for saying something. Um, the trick with this stuff is now you've got eight years of you know everything building up and bubbling up before you were able to talk about it. So that kind of resentment can be really difficult to get over and that trust to rebuild. So this is the time where I'd often say to people, if you're having trouble confronting a partner or finding it hard to find your words or your voice, get some help. You know, that's often I'll meet couples when they're in crisis like this and give both of them a voice. Because what's interesting is when they did confront their partner, the partner changed. Is that right from the text? That's what I understood. Yes, that's what it seems to say. But it, it took eight years to get up to the point where they could confront. Yeah, so... Maybe having a look at it like that, like it took me eight years to be able to confront and well done for doing that. I understand that, you know, really struggling with that is so difficult. Um, Have a look at your partner now, right? Because often, you know, you've got to look at today and going forward for the relationship. So if they've addressed the things in the past, we can't keep going back to them because that's not going to inform us very well. They need, they need to be acknowledged and they need, you know, your partner needs to be accountable for what they did and how you felt. So maybe making sure that we've really talked through the impact on you and how that was, but then have a look at your behaviours today and what you want going forward and maybe that will help you find some peace with that. It's a tricky one. It is tricky. We're talking about when to call it quits in a relationship. And of course, there are no hard and fast answers, but there are some things we can put in place in order to make sure that we have at least some guideline of what we're after. Now, one thing we've talked about what we do want. Let's talk a little bit about what we don't want. Red flags. Red flags. (laughs) Now, Mm. if you have a list of red flags or things that you don't want in a relationship, you don't want in a partner, this can help you because when the person you're with is doing these things... 
yep. you can be like, oh, I wrote this down as one of the things I don't want, and you can go back to that. Yeah, but I also think your body's going to tell you what the red flags are. You know, when something feels bad, you know, people say to me often, oh, this doesn't feel right, and I'm like, do you know what? If it doesn't feel right, then it isn't right. So many times when people speak to us in, in, a, poor, in a poor way or they're, they're using contempt or they're being angry, you know, and we, we've been hearing stories about people yelling at each other's faces, like that's really aggressive behaviour. Um, our bodies will tell us that. We'll go into fight or flight. We'll perceive a threat. We won't be feeling very good about it. And our feelings will let us know, hey, this is not okay. Then often our head comes along and says, oh, you know, but they're a nice guy or girl or everybody likes them or we're so cool. Or they don't mean it. They're just <coughs> going through a right. But your body's telling you loudly and clearly this is not okay. And I think, you know, we get we need to get better at listening to those signals from our body because that's going to start telling us, hey, listen, when you speak to me like that, it's not okay. And if people continue that, it's because like, we have to set boundaries in every relationship we have. We need to have a line of where I end and you begin. And that line is the line of what's not okay, right? So just say I was to whip out my phone right now while we're talking on the radio and take a personal phone call, I'd say that's probably a boundary that you'd have. <laughs> it's not cool behaviour. As someone who's not good at setting boundaries, that would probably get on my nerves a little bit, but I would uh, forgive you. <laughs> yeah. Brady. But you could say to me, hey, Tan, that's not okay. It's probably not an ideal <laughs> situation. Oh, yeah, right. we, yeah, thank you. <laughs> we need to get better at that. We need to get much better at that. And it's okay to tell people when things don't land well on you. And a, a telling fact will be is how well they can listen to you. Because if they're not listening, if they're like, well, I don't care if you're bothered by that or I don't care if you feel uncomfortable, red flag, <laughs> huge big red flag. Because we need to be paying attention to each other and looking after each other and making sure we're okay. And we need to be interested in each other's distress. Mm. Yeah. We've got another one here from Sandra who says, Hey, Doc, need, <laughs> need advice. My significant other often gets angry at me over a debate or heated discussion. Then he blocks me on all social media accounts. Oh, Ooh. what's happening on the social media while they're blur? Sort of like, oh, my partner's being terrible to me and blur. Are they going for a sympathy vote or are they venting about their partner? Not good. Or is it a punishment? Like, well, now you don't get to see me on social media. I'm sort of like that's an interesting sort of thing. Might need more information on Might that. Might need one. a little more, but I'm interested in how the two of you repair after arguments like that. Like, how do you repair? Does, if you suddenly find that you can see them on social media, is the fight done? Do you talk about what we had an argument about? Are we addressing those issues? Because if we don't re address them, they kind of stay in our little relationship house and they separate below the surface. So we've got all this toxic bubbling underneath. We need to be able to talk about the problems in relationships, deal with them. So if we add a positive to a negative, it cancels it out and it's out of the relationship, not bubbling away. What about this? It's okay. It's good if you can work through a problem you're having in a relationship. It's good if you can repair through yes. communication. But what if you feel like you're doing that all the time? Yeah. How many times, let's say, mm -hmm. a month is it okay to and fight with your partner and repair the situation? Is there a limit? Um, it depends on people's personal limits. Sometimes people put up with things lifelong. Uh, sometimes people hit their limit. Yeah, I, I guess it's... This is with your red flags, you know, which ones are the deal breakers? If you're writing things down on your what do I want from a relationship thing, you also might realise what are deal breakers. Like for, uh, I meet a lot of people because sex is a deal breaker for them. If they can't sort it out 
to to a way or a level that they would like, then they, they get very anxious about spending the rest of their life with somebody when it's not going well. For other people, it's around um, having shared interests or sorting out family issues or things like that. So it really depends on the individual what your deal breakers are, but they're definitely going to be there in your red flag list, aren't they? So let's talk about the list people should maybe sit down this afternoon if they've got a pen and a piece of paper and yeah. make some lists that whether you're single or in a long-term relationship, everyone can do this. We want your red flags list. Yeah, well, we want what I want from a relationship. Start with that one. Yeah. What, what's the payoff for me to actually be in a relationship? You know, like, and they're pretty broad brush things. You know, like friendship, companionship. Um, I get good sex. You know, maybe we can get a dog. Uh, maybe we can go on holidays. I want to live in a nice house. I would like some babies. See how they're all kind of really broad brush, right? The red flags, though, they're specific to you. It's like, well, how how do I want to be spoken to? What is my communication like? Is it, oh, you don't, you never want to come and see my family? That's interesting because I love my family and eventually I would like the people that I'm dating to meet them. Um, or, oh, you don't like dogs and I love dogs. Uh-oh, <laughs> what are we going to do there? And what about an ideal partner list? Is that as important? Yeah, I often call that list a Johnny Awesome or a Jane Awesome list. You know, that's um, manifesting really. It's like, oh, well, if I have a nice partner, you know, they might look a little bit like this and maybe work in this sort of field and we're going to do this sort of stuff together. It's really just putting together a list of ideas so that if that person should happen to walk underneath your nose, you might recognize them. And I think that's the skills of manifesting. You know, you think about it more and you put it out there so that you're much more aware of what it is that you're looking for. You don't just grab anyone with a pulse who winks at you. (laughs) That's not a good criteria. Tanya Coons from Surrey Hills Therapy joins (laughs) us every fortnight to talk about sex, relationships, dating, love, life and everything in between. Thank you for having me, Bridie, in my croaky voice today. Thank you for coming in, even though you have a croaky voice. My pleasure. Let's Talk About Sex is podcasted by segment producer Jenna Butcher. So you can find that by typing in Let's Talk About Sex FBI wherever you get your podcasts.